Welcome to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley. Today is the first Sunday after Christmas, December 31st, 2023. We hear from the Reverend Marguerite Judson, assisting priest, as she preaches on the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. As always, you can learn more and find old sermon archives on our website, allsoulsparish.org. In the beginning was the conversation, and the conversation was with God, and the conversation was God. And that is not what we just heard. But if we were worshiping together in the fourth century, that is what we would have heard. Since the fifth century, the Greek word logos gets translated as word in the opening of this glorious hymn in the Gospel of John. But logos is so much bigger than the static term we think of in English. Word sounds like just one thing, something that's fixed, limited, rigid. In Greek at that time, logos is much more complicated. It is speech. It is what happens between people, communication in conversation. The ways we understand logos today are a prime example of things getting lost in the translation, in multiple translations. Preparing for this sermon, I dug into a book by the Reverend Victoria Lures, which devotes a chapter to this first line, in the beginning was the logos. The fruits of her research into the 2,500 year history of logos was quite startling. I want to share just a smidge of her research with you. A little context here. The New Testament was written in Greek, which was the common language of the ruling Roman Empire in the Mediterranean. But the language of the Western Church was Latin. Until the fourth century of the Christian era, logos was translated in Latin as sermo, which is defined as a lively discourse going back and forth, a conversation, which meant that in the early church, the opening hymn of the Gospel of John pointed to Jesus as the conversation, the interaction of the holy with the world. The Logos is what connects all of creation to each other and to the Holy One. Listen. In the beginning was the conversation, and the conversation was with God and the conversation was God. This was with God in the beginning. All things came into being through this, and apart from this, nothing came into being that has come into being. And the conversation became flesh and dwelt among us. Which makes me think of images of the Trinity as a conversation of love. Love dancing between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Love reaching out in the creator, redeemer, and comforter. Such generosity of love that in the fourth century, St. Augustine of Hippo called the Trinity the lover, the beloved, and the love overflowing. A conversation of love which reached out to create a world that is good and worthy of God's love and of our tender care. Which reached out to establish relationships with the patriarchs and matriarchs who left the lands and faiths they knew to follow a whisper of love 
which reached out to lead a community out of slavery and into centuries of struggle trying to learn what it meant to be a just and faithful people. So what happened to this perception of interactive relating to the holy, to the creation, and to each other? Politics. <laughs> By the fourth century, the Western church was shifting from being a faith which resisted the Roman Empire to being the official religion of the Roman Empire. And this has happened several times. The translation of the scriptures became a tool to shape the people into what the politicians wanted. As the Roman Empire and church hierarchies struggled to define their leadership more, rag more narrowly, they focused on nouns, not verbs like in relationship, but nouns to describe the Trinity as they hammered out the Nicene Creed in 325 of the Christian era. And 60 years after that, the Pope authorized an updated translation of the old Latin gospels for use in the churches. And this is when the narrowest possible translation was used for logos, word, a single word, not a dialogue, not interactive connections, not conversations. Instead, a translation emphasizing narrowness. As we know from our own lives and have just explored with this particular text, all conversations are limited and words are prone to misunderstanding. And so the Holy One did something even more radical. To astonish us in the mystery we celebrate this season, the eternal word, the conversation of love, was born into this world, into one child who gave up everything to reach out to us, into one life that teaches and transforms us. Each of the Gospels will focus on a different way in which Jesus both met and broke the expectations of the community of faith. And Jesus still takes us by surprise if we risk getting to know him by reading and pondering the Gospels, by spending time with communities which seek to know and serve God, by risking the intimacy of prayer in solitude and in community. John's Gospel will repeatedly point to the majestic glory of God with us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And John starts with a hymn to the one who is light and life. Now bear with me for two more vocabulary tips. As those two words have extra dimensions in the Greek, life here is zoe. It's qualitatively different from just breathing. Zoe is vivid, energetic, transformative. And the light, or the radiance, cannot be overcome or comprehended. We can't wrap our heads around it. With one adjustment to the text, as the scholar Richard Raymond Brown translates this part of the hymn, we hear, all things came into being through the Logos, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, that's Zoe, the vivid life. And that life was the light or the radiance of all people. The light, the radiance, shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot comprehend it, did not overcome it. So we get to pause now on the first Sunday after Christmas Day, perhaps just grateful that we can catch our breath here, 
put away our annual to-do list for the holidays. Or perhaps we're wondering how we might hear this conversation of love more clearly. Or we're struck silent by the hint of love which gives everything, risks everything for us. We are pausing at this glimpse of the birth that we see as the hinge of history on which human history turns. And if that still seems a little too abstract, the reflection by the retired Bishop Stephen Charleston may help. He writes, I pray this message for those who come to Christmas, caught in a consumer culture that shames them, if they cannot afford to buy or exactly find the gift that they feel they should. Hear the healing word of God. What you have to give cannot be bought. Your most precious gifts are the same ones Jesus gave to you. Give your time to those who need you. Give your forgiveness to those who hurt you. Give your love to all around you. You are the gift of God. You are the reason God came and was born a poor child and gave not as the world gives, but only as a generous spirit can give the true spirit of Christmas. Help us, sweet Lord, to receive the gift of your transforming love, which comes to us, between us, in us, and through us. Amen.